got love for you, man. Okay. What are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Cabbie Presents podcast. I'm your host, Cabbie Richards. Okay, I'm going to start on a slightly serious note. There are a lot of angry people in this world. And recently we've seen some angry people do some fatal, horrific acts. And if you're a person that's angry or frustrated with their situation, I hope this podcast is a nice 30-minute distraction. That's basically all I can offer. I don't really have any real-world solutions like yoga or meditation or open dialogue about things. I don't have any of that to offer. I offer distraction. (laughs) So here I am. Thank you for those that have found the podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on the Book of Faces, or Twitter. And for those that subscribe, my heart belongs to you. If you're looking for a rabbit hole to fall down, if you go on YouTube, just type in Cabby Presents, and there are like 300 interviews that I've done at TSN, probably more, with very cool people, very famous people, very funny people, all measurably more interesting, funny, famous than me. So there's that. Also, Wired, one of my favorite YouTube channels. Also love Looper, also love Vanity Fair. I was watching uh, a clip with Commander Chris Hadfield who is probably Canada's most famous astronaut. Shout out to Mark Garneau. And Hadfield debunks space myths, which is very interesting. I'm a grown man. And for the longest time, I thought you could hear sound in space. But you can't because space is a vacuum. But what Commander Hadfield says is the sun is a constant explosion Of course, until it burns out with the supernova, then there will no longer be explosions. That's the big one. Um, But we can't hear the sound from the sun. And the sun is, I don't know how many times, maybe 25,000 times the size of Earth. He didn't say that in the video. I'm just estimating. And we can't hear the sound from those constant explosions on the sun. So there's sound that's produced, but there's no way for the sound to travel to vibrate our ears for us to hear them. And the other clip that I watched on YouTube that I really loved was Malcolm Gladwell, who's also a Canadian, probably in the top five most famous Canadians right now. There's Drake, Bieber, Celine Dion. I guess, well, Ryan Gosling and Ryan Reynolds are always up there. But Commander Hadfield and Malcolm Gladwell are the most intellectual of our Canadian exports. Shout out to Margaret Atwood, too. Um, So he's got this interview with David Remnick, who also writes for The New Yorker. And a huge shout-out to my dude, Adnan Verk, who's at ESPN, just smashing it. He's the most talented guy 
from our year at Ryerson and one of the most talented people I've ever met. Anyway, when we were at school back in, you know, in the university days, he put me on to this book called King of the World, written by David Remnick, which charts the years of Muhammad Ali from 1964 to 1974, the most important years of his boxing career. Uh, so anyway, David Remnick has this great interview with Malcolm Gladwell. So that's also a great time waster, and you can fall down that rabbit hole. All right. And now for this tumbling down of a rabbit hole and a conversation. This is a lot of fun for me. And this dude was very important in the beginning of my career. He steps into the studio right now. Up in the studio. And I remember this other time where uh, I used to always get on punishment and told not to use the phone. You know, I'm honest. I, I'm, I'm literally giving people a picture of what I went through at all aspects mm -hmm. of my life. Honestly, almost anything goes. It's amazing to, you know, to step into the ring with someone like, like him. Who are you and uh, where do you come from? And may I I can't remember the last time I physically saw this man. It's been too many years. The last time I saw this man on television was during a basketball game, and yet for most of his life, playing hockey was where he made his indelible mark. Alongside men of distinction in Toronto sports, this man, who was the heartbeat of the Toronto Maple Leafs for nearly a decade, and its version of Wolverine when he got mad, there he was, half court at a Raptors game, posing for a pitcher. I owe a personal debt of gratitude to Darcy Tucker, uh, because at the beginning of my career, he helped me out extraordinarily. So I am happy to be joined by Darcy Tucker on the Cabby Presents podcast. Thank you very much for being here, sir. Um, you wow, were, that was awesome. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm blushing underneath this great beard that I have going right now. My face is very red. Guy, when was the last time you were, ha you were clean shaven? Uh, Christmas. Oh, actually? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I was clean sh uh, shaven at Christmas. I, I make my wife happy at Christmas, and uh, that's about it. And that's the gift that you give yeah, to her. Exactly. Is it, is yeah. it, Around it, her birthday, because her birthday is on the 23rd of December, so I keep her happy. So, oh, so yeah. wait, does that... How often have you doubled up gifts? Yeah, I, I quite often, unfortunately, for my um, you know pocketbook. But, right. Oh, well. <laughs> you know, that's... I mean, that's the... My brother, his birthday is Boxing Day, so there oh, are yeah. times where I literally... That's trouble. Sorry, man. <laughs> just, just one. Just, just one. You're getting yeah. a double up. Yeah. Um, you know, so like back in the day, uh, for people who don't know, when I started this, um, you know, groundbreaking award winning, it was neither of those, this segment called Gabby on the street, you were, I think in Oh two was the first time I walked into the Toronto Maple Leafs dressing room and it was probably something stupid. Like, what did you eat? Like, what do you eat before the game or something? And you know, I obviously didn't look like any of the other media in the room because I was in a T-shirt, baseball cap, sneakers, just this chubby guy with a microphone and a, and a, a camera with him. You, uh, your teammate Wade Belak, God rest, God bless the dead. Um, and I think actually at that time I don't think Brian McCabe was on. Yep, the he was there the in or, like O two. Yep. Okay, so yep. it was the three of you yep. guys that gave me an interview, and then every time since or, that I walk in the room, there were times where. Like you didn't, you and and Caber, as you called them back there, yep. didn't want to do meeting for anybody else. But however, you would, um, you would come out and just give me five minutes for whatever stupid question I had. So I, it, I 
I appreciate you it, very it much. It was like fresh air coming in the locker room. You were. It, it, sometimes you ask, answer the same questions over and over again, and it becomes like the monotony of the day. And then you get this thunderbolt of lightning that comes in the locker room and brings up your energy. That was you. Thank you, man. Thank you're you. welcome. Are you sure it was fresh air that I brought yeah, in? Well, <laughs> I, I have a certain fun No, now. you're good. I, I got a smell of you today when I hug you. You're smelling <laughs> good, buddy. For the first time ever. <laughs> um, I was, um, this, is a, this is a strange place to start. Okay, because you're from Alberta. Yep. And uh, in the early, you know, early 2000s, for most of the 2000s, you wore the blue and white sweater. And in that era from like 2000 and 2010, a rock group from Alberta came to prominence and they were globally famous. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like it just turned. We're like, and I'm talking about Nickelback. Yep. There's uh, rumors that there's an uh, like a skating rink at Chad Kroger's house. Have you mm-hmm. been there, or have you been to his house? No, but I do have two things. Uh, Chad and I went to school together uh, for half a year when I came back from playing in Red Deer when I was playing minor hockey. So I know like Chad. high school. Yeah, I know Chad very well. And the other story about Chad, I was in Vancouver on a road trip. Uh, Andrew Raycroft uh, gave away my leather jacket so I didn't have a jacket leaving the bar and Chad gave me his to take uh, home with me because I was going to freeze. Uh, it's a pretty cool story. That is a cool story. I'm sorry. You gave away your leather jacket to I home. didn't give my leather, leather jacket away. Andrew Raycroft, so you do a prank on your buddy for the first road trip when you're with the Colorado Avalanche, and they gave my leather, brand new leather jacket, by the way, uh, to a homeless guy outside the uh, bar. Wait, okay, that, which is a very nice gesture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that homeless, that's but a $3,000 jacket. Ended up, yeah, Chad ended up giving me his jacket to take because I was on a road trip, right? And he was just there visiting. So. Did it fit? Uh, no, it was a little short. A little short yeah. <laughs> we, I think it's, isn't he a, he's a little bit taller than yeah, you. Yeah, he's taller than me, but uh, he's got a little slender, more slender build. Fair. How did Raycroft get your jacket? Well, he went to the coat check and saw it and got it out. And Wait, did it, say, did it have the Tucker 16 on the back? Like, how did he know uh, it was your jacket? No, he knew because they had this prank set up for like a couple of days, what they were going to do. So, yeah. Uh, I got him back. I'm not going to tell you the story about how I got no, him back. No, see, back. we yeah. need to know where the redemption, <laughs> when the redemption comes no, I, I got him back. It's, it's uh, not for the podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And this is exactly for the podcast. One of the more uh, standard pranks I heard was just guys would move the furniture out of another dude's room before... And I feel like maybe Bozak told me this, or maybe Colby Armstrong when Colby played for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Somebody got all the uh, furniture in the yeah, room. We we did it. Uh, so McCabe and I took. Oh, you guys did it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, our last, we kind of saw the writing on the wall when I was playing for the the Leafs. Our last road trip was to um, Montreal, and uh, we went out for dinner. And McCabe and I excused ourselves from dinner and went back to the hotel and took all of Thomas Caverlay's furniture and put it in the washroom. That's exactly the story. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> he went Wait. back. He went to his back to his room that night, and uh, there was not any lights. We took all the light bulbs out and everything, so he could have turned the lights on his room. <laughs> <laughs> that was that may, may have been the highlight of your year. Like yeah. that was that sounds like you guys were just laughing, just joking yeah. the whole time. It was, a, it was a long tough year. It was uh, the start of kind of like when guys were starting to leave the team. So it was uh, one of those things you kind of left Cabby with a uh, lasting memory of us. <laughs> I think maybe, and then you know, I did see you in Colorado the next year. I came for the playoffs, and then you were like the the wily veteran. You had a bunch of young dudes. Duchesne, Chris Stewart, uh, Voltec, Volsky. Yep. Who else was on? Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan, okay, yeah. Yeah, Ryan lived with us. Uh, he moved into our basement. Uh, we housed him for the first year. He was. Uh, it was kind of uh, look into the future of what it was like to have an eighteen-year-old son. I have one right now that uh, keeps his room the same as Ryan did at that time. <laughs>
Did right? I, I imagine neither your actual son or your surrogate son had yeah. to pay any rent. Uh, no, I didn't charge him rent, and I'm actually—I uh, should have hinged it to his last contract in in yeah. uh, had some Buffalo. I should have had some points or uh, whatever on that one. I should have hinged it to that, but no, I didn't charge him. And he's a good kid, uh, well-rounded uh, from a great family, and uh, you know, great leader. Uh, speaking and and you guys had the uh, misfortune of playing like one of arguably one of the greatest lineups ever in, in the Detroit Red Wings. So they had like I don't know like five Hall of Famers. I think uh, Lidstrom and uh, Zetterberg and Datsuk. I don't know if Holmstrom might go to the uh, Hall of Fame, but they uh, uh, also was on yep. it. Like just stacked. It was it was gross. Um, okay, speaking of young kids. So the other day I was I was talking to uh, OG Anobi, who's yep. a rookie on the Toronto Raptors, and he has the unfortunate assignment to guard the best player on every team that they face. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this analogy makes sense. In the hockey sense, being on the penalty kill killing unit, basically playing the other team's best teams. Yeah? Does that... Um, or I would say it's like playing against, if you're Nazem Kadri, playing against Bergeron and Marchand the whole night. Okay. I would, I would say that. In your career, what was... What were the assignments that you had or were the you know the lineups that you faced where you had to play like the other team's best you know, like legit superstars in yeah I, I would say that fell on the short, shoulders of my brother-in-law Shane more than it fell on my shoulders Shane would always go against the other team's best player um, especially at playoff time he was the guy to shut down like the the Yashins and the Alfredsons and the guys of that nah, ilk my job was to drive everybody else crazy on the ice I, <laughs> I, I, I was the kind of the stir, agitator yeah the stir of the drink as, as, as you would say And uh, but I enjoyed that I enjoyed my roles as a hockey player I enjoyed every moment that I played the National Hockey League. Uh, it doesn't last forever, so uh, when you first come in the league, you're this bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid, and then when you leave, you're the wily veteran, but, uh, man, I enjoyed it. You had So you're the predecessor to Brad Marchand, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah I, as you mentioned him yeah, just a few minutes ago. Yeah, it's, I, I guess you could say that. That's pretty flattering if somebody's giving me that high a compliment because I think he's a pretty good hockey player. However, even, but also even, you even though, though. Yeah, even though I'm a... Um, Leafs guy. Um, I shouldn't be saying he's a pretty good hockey player. No, he, well, he's a great hockey yeah. player. The thing is with you guys, man, like just hockey players in general, you guys were you guys are so tough. Like I just saw Toffoli got a puck in the face. Like Nick Foligno, puck in the face, and those dudes return to the game. Have you ever gotten a puck in the face? Yeah, I broke my cheekbone when I was in Tampa. Uh, Jamie Heward hit me with a slap shot from about eight feet away. Oh! Crushed my cheekbone. So I, I knew right away once it happened uh, what had gone on. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been hitting the face with a puck. I've had a few stitches. Uh, you know. Did you return to the game, though? Uh, there was no returning from that one that night. Uh, my face swelled up. I couldn't even see it in my eye. So it's, uh, I'd love to have returned. But I, yeah, I don't know how you guys are wired that way, man. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and there, there aren't any others. The only, the, the only way that you guys don't return to games, I guess, if, you know, it's, you know, you your can. vision is yeah. impaired yeah. or if it's, it's like ankles. I think ankles, like the only thing that will prevent a hockey player from yeah, coming something back. like, you know, torn ligaments or things. Sure, of that nature. But I mean, but I mean, if it's just a nick or a cut or um, a broken bone in a place that doesn't really matter, you're back out there. Salute to you, man. Thank you. Salute yeah. to you. I, yeah, I had a good career and it was a lot of fun. I think in the be- when I when I first interviewed you, I believe the I think the, the topic was, you know, what's your pregame meal? And I think you it was like yours was just like 
either just coffee, like a couple of cups of coffee to get you up, mm. or even like a Red Bull. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, so... Uh, or did you I, deviate from, okay, I no, started with this and then... No, like uh, I had a pregame uh, meal ritual, um, but when I got to the rink, I think this is where you're going with the story, is when I got to the rink, I would have a half coffee, half Coke uh, mix that I would drink before the game, and that was kind of my go-to each and every game is one of my superstitions uh, that I had. So uh, it wasn't the best tasting thing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that it, actually it, sounds it, disgusting. But, it, but it, it got me through the night, right? So. And then, then Logan was activated. You're very much like you were like, I don't, uh, Hugh Jackman is probably like five, uh, maybe like six, six, one. Yeah. But the character Wolverine in the comic books wasn't that tall. He's like five, seven. And really? You were, yeah. And, so I'm somewhere in between. Works yeah, so well. but and but it's it's the fury in which you which you play, which uh, yeah. separated you from your your peers or whatever. And you could also score goals, but it's the the crazy thing about it's like you would I feel like you would fight anybody or would or could fight anybody. Is that accurate? Uh, not out of not out of wanting to do it, maybe out of like having to do it because I got myself in a position where I couldn't get out of. I I, I don't know. Like let's, I grew up on a farm in Alberta. I'm a um, you know, Western kid, and uh, did think, you name your animals? Uh, my, I left that up to my brother. He was more of the farm uh, name the animals sort of guy. I was. Hey, what I, were some I, of the names of the I animals was, uh, at the house? I I don't know. He he would name everybody. Like we had a dog named Tippy. We had uh, he named his cow. I don't know something. I we had all kinds of names for things. I I tried to block that from my mind because that meant I actually had to do work during the day. <laughs> I, chores, I, yeah. I just wanted my hockey stick and and puck uh, and playing in the yard. I left the rest of the other stuff up to my brother. Now, when you, okay, you mentioned superstitions, and yep. you're here uh, today on behalf of Frosted Flakes, which in my opinion is one of the top three cereals of all time. Yeah. Brilliant. I did this, yeah, yeah. That's like, it's it's literally in my, there's a box in my, uh, the cupboard above the fridge. Yep. Uh, um, alongside uh, other Hall of Fame cereals, uh, Captain Crunch and Golden Grams. That's that's the, I don't have a fourth for the Mount Rushmore, but those, those other two are there. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes for me is the number one. I, I you eat, say Kellogg's Frosted Flakes? Yeah, I, Frosted Flakes. No, I say Kellogg's Frosted you have Flakes. The full because, government no, name of the cereal yeah, well, because that's what it is, man. Okay, you gotta, okay. it's, it's not. It's not. You can't just say the Maple Leafs. You got to say the Toronto Maple okay, Leafs, man. It's, it's, that's what it is, right? <laughs> yeah, and and so I I I enjoy the cereal. I eat it uh, when I'm watching games. I'm I'm a cereal Kellogg's Frosted Flakes cereal guy in the morning, and I have it right before I go to bed. Yeah, I, see, I'm, I'm with you yeah, too. Like the late night, it. 2 a.m., yep. just murder like uh, a bowl or a couple bowls. Like, I'm more of a pig than I, you are. I can be out with my buddies, uh, had a nice dinner that night, and get home afterwards, and I'm filling the bowl with my Changing frosted your flakes. Jam jams. Uh, yeah, change first, guaranteed, <laughs> and then straight downstairs to the island, and I'm into the frosted flakes. Uh, now, t- okay, so there's a, a website website called uh, Greatness. Beards.ca, greatest with three R's. Great. Greatest. Oh, greatest. Yeah. Excuse me. Greatest beards.ca. Yep. Excuse me. Uh, and so this, there's a contest where uh, people can win a trip yep. to the Stanley Cup Finals. Is yeah. That, is that correct? Absolutely. You uh, take a selfie yourself with uh, one of the beards and you post it, and you can win a chance to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. So wait, you don't have to grow. You don't have to. You're not on the hook to grow your own. Full no, you can. You Brent can, Burns. See, see, it just works this way. I got a beard. But you if do. I want to change my beard up. <laughs> I go to the incredible. I go to this one. I can go and go this one like this. <laughs> the long beard, right? I don't think I would have been able to get you to do that like, like ten years ago. Like, there you go. Like <laughs> look at that beard. I was saying earlier, I saw somebody put this beard on yeah. and they look they should grow a beard. Like, maybe you should try it. 
I my I you know we did a video the other day and I was I was testing out four different beards. Yeah. It was uh Joe Thornton's because okay. he, he's got yeah, a little yeah. salt and pepper like you. Yeah. Uh it was um it was Patrick Lyonet who's got that sort of uh Amish Mennonite yeah. kind of vibe it, going like neck, uh neck sort yeah. of beard, yeah. Like uh the movie Kingpin. Remember yep. Kingpin? Yeah, yeah. Was it Randy Quaid who yep. played the Amish? What a great oh, so underrated uh bowling movie with um uh, Bill Murray and uh Oh my gosh, I'm for, I'm forgetting who's the who's the lead in Kingpin, but he had the hair that flipped over. Yeah, the top. Bill Murray did. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm like Woody Harrelson and Kingpin, uh, and then uh, we did uh, Mitch Marner, who just had yep. like the, he just two I, hairs, just he just one one hair, one hair, and then Crosby was just kind of like a patchwork oh, yeah. of a of a beard. That's uh, three Stanley Cups worth of patchwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh yeah, you're right because Thornton doesn't have one line. Yep. Yeah, yeah, right. You're three Stanley Cups right yeah, there. there you go. Was there now? I think Bob McKenzie told me once that. He he believes they kind of started in the l- either late seventies or early eighties with the Islanders. Do you remember yeah, when that, uh, absolutely, playoff beards absolutely. started? Because um, I remember watching those series uh, um, when I was about six, seven years old when the Islanders were playing the Oilers, and there was playoff beards in every one of those series. And I don't think Wayne would have one because he couldn't really so grow one either uh, at that time. But uh, you saw like. Um, uh, Randy Gregg had the beard. They played for the Oilers, but most of the Islanders always had a beard. Yeah. When did when did the playoff beard become a thing? Though now you say Wayne Gretzky, and I don't think Messier in '94 no. with the Rangers had no. one. And I'm trying to think, like even the Red, like I don't. I, I mentioned Red Wings earlier. I don't think Lidstrom. And some ever players had like one. some players like to have a beard, and then if they got down in the series, they shaved the beard. Like some some players have different superstitions that work for them. Um, I was uh, grow it till the end. Uh, too bad I didn't get all the way to the end. I would have loved to. Uh, that would have been the ultimate in the city of Toronto. But oh my gosh, it, it, it happens, right? Um, but yeah, it was. A, but I had other superstitions that I had beyond the fact that I grew a beard. I I drive the same way to the rink. Uh, when I got traded to Toronto, I used to drive up to my mother in law's restaurant the night before a game. I remember scoring the first playoff game in two thousand. I guess it was two thousand. Um, and then the next night, I had to drive all the way back up to Barry and eat up there again. And I scored in game two. Oh, so sick. We, we, yeah. So we, it's like basically you gotta you gotta do what's uh, working in the. So playoffs. wait, but when did that one end though? Like were you like well, at some it, point? It, it ended when you start having kids, and it's like you can't get them in the car to go up to Barry. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long trek too. Exactly. That's like for those yeah, who, yeah. who don't live in the GTA, that's like an hour. Yeah, hour it's and a about, half away from well, yeah. So you go up there, it takes you probably about an hour and ten minutes. Uh, then you have dinner, it's another hour and ten minutes, and then you're on the way back. That's uh, it's a lot of that's a lot of doing things mentally and physically that maybe you should be resting a little bit more the night before a game. <laughs> right. As opposed yeah. to, but you know, it happens. I saw a video the other day on, on that the NHL released, and this is just out of a, uh, a random tweet. Uh, the way that you put on your uh, button up, mm-hmm. do you go uh, buttons? You button from the bottom up, top, top down, down top or down. middle out? No, top down. There's so many dudes yeah. that go bottom up How? and then middle out. How? It doesn't make any sense to me. Bro, I'm telling you. Makes what? zero sense to me. There's like, a video, and there's okay, like 30 dudes there, in the video. There, there's certain, it's like taping your stick. You cannot go toe to heel on your stick when you're taping. you got to go heel to toe. It's just, there's certain things in life that just only make sense one way. And the <laughs> shirt thing only makes sense going from top to bottom. Like I believe, I, listen, I agree with you, man. I like, agree. I think I was watching uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who... Matt Sundin, your captain, he was a huge Latin guy. Mm-hmm. He's a Swedish uh, soccer player. Uh, he was on Kimmel, and before he came, he joined the LA Galaxy. But he he had this one page ad in the LA Times saying you just it just said you know I think it was dear Los Angeles, you're welcome yep. at the bottoms, Latin Ibrahimovic. 
Who was the guy that you played with in your career that had as much overt confidence as Zlatan Ibrahimovic? Who would do something so bold to say you're welcome to an entire city because he gave them the gift of himself? Is there a guy? Um, I I don't know if there is a guy that I played with. Um, Or maybe perhaps and played against if there wasn't someone in your room. Yeah, but I didn't know the guys. I I didn't want to know the guys I played against. (laughs) That's fair. I didn't want want anything to do with it. But I would say that we, as hockey players, um, are confident people. We have to be confident people. Uh, I just don't know about the full-page ad. Uh, Maybe a small little blurb in the corner saying, (laughs) I'm glad I'm here. But I mean, maybe not a full ad. But hey, God bless. You got that much confidence. And then I saw, I think he went out and scored two goals. Yeah, in his first game, he did. Yeah, yeah. And, and took his shirt off. He did, yeah. 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 I don't have that much confidence. But <laughs> definitely at this age, he take the shirt off. Listen, in 01, I'm sure you're just ripped. You look probably just like Wolverine, like Hugh Jackman's character. Yeah, or like a milk. Yeah, I was like the milk guy. I didn't have very no, big arms. You know, okay, no, there, there was, a, and I can't think of the team, but I'm sure there were some, there were some doughy teammates that just, the but body fat percentage was a little bit more than it should have been. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I found a couple of a couple of uh, stats. Um, oh, stats! Uh, You're oh, an analytic guy now. Or? Yeah, this okay, is this is perfect. the this is the um, the depth of I, my research. Okay, Darcy. perfect. Uh, and and I took I, t- I took this from the wonderful people at uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. Okay, seventy seven percent of hockey fans would wear the same socks up to three days if they thought. It would help their team's chances. I have two more. 55% of millennial males say wearing their team's jersey is good luck on game day. And 35% of millennial males won't risk getting a haircut while their team is in the playoffs as a long-time hockey athlete. Yeah, two out of three ain't bad there. Yeah, which, I, which, I just which are the two that you would do? I, I, or that I don't, you do, do I don't know about the sock thing. I just... Yeah, I, just I, I, I don't know. I feel know. like they're, they're like they're hockey socks, like you're not your regular ankle socks even, you're wearing with even, sneakers. Even even then, like I know guys that would change their socks in between periods in a game, so they go through three different pair, four different pairs. So after warm up, after the first period, come the, on, and then get it into over. Who you, who um, would do that? So Scott Hannon, I played with him. He would change every period. Uh, come on, brand new under uh, stuff. Uh, so I don't know if that would work because you're. Some guys change everything, like in between periods. Um, now the cutting of the hair, that I can understand. Like I'm, if things are going well, you're not touching the hair and you're not touching the beard. Right. Yeah. So that I'm good with that. Um, was there a guy that, uh, like the, yeah, you know, we mentioned Liney and also the the three Stanley Cups, Sidney Cross, where the beard is just, or maybe their hair is like, and it's a superstitious thing they want to hang on to, but where it got so wooly or so so. Like gross, we just like, bro. Like, what are we doing here? Well, like, let's have a moment of truth, a, a full transparency, full honesty. It's the guys what's, what's that up? actually after the playoffs that keep it on that shouldn't keep it on for a couple of days after the season, like when they're doing their exit meetings and there's the season-ending interviews. And I'm like, dude, as soon as you lose out in the players, you you shouldn't have that anywhere near your face. <laughs> like, you need to get that off immediately. You need to go here. I'll give you the trimmer. You go and then get it fixed. Were you the realest dude in your dressing room? I feel like someone that could say anything to anybody. Uh, yeah, I'd probably be, yeah, out of that group of players, I'd probably be the most honest. Now, like, is it like, like blunt honesty where it's like un unsolicited honesty or would you wait until like you you pick your spot where you well definitely with the young guys unsolicited <laughs> like if they were younger than me it was it was unsolicited yeah. if they were a veteran guy it, they might have to ask me the question first but then i'd give them the truth fair that's yeah. fair uh, was anybody particularly sensitive 
Oh, yeah, there's some sensitive people. Who? Um, 90% of uh, hockey players are the sensitive people. Do you guys people. feel like, like the dudes now are like softer like, than you guys? Like I watched some of my teammates. You know when the videos came out, you could watch videos on the plane? They weren't watching like action movies. They were watching like notebook and things of that nature like they there's some sensitive dudes. rom-coms yeah, just, like just like very maudlin dramas which, which is amazing so I, I didn't mind you know walking around the plane seeing what was on the uh on the videos and then what would you comment if you saw a dude that's the it's the ryan gosling's it's raining and i think i think they're on the pier i've never yeah you you take the cut out of the ryan gosling and put it on their stall the next day when they <laughs> came to read he had three things he had to figure out right just to make sure the boys are on their toes that's outstanding um okay so i don't know if we got exactly into this uh do we do we cover the the contest yep are me, you also wait if someone wins the the trip to the stanley cup with uh, uh on behalf of the good folks of uh frosted flakes um, will you be going with them? Like, can they be like, all right, if I get to take a buddy or if I get to take three buddies, uh, can will Darcy Tucker be available to go on this trip? Well, let's put it this way. I, I believe that if uh, the Stanley Cup uh, finals are anywhere near Toronto, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, but you're going to be there like as an alumni. You're going to be <laughs> nice. like every game, like there's going to be a squad of you guys at Center Ice, either the Wave, all that. Because like, hockey does a great uh, job of honoring its uh, its alumni. It and, does, and, yes, and absolutely. Significant does, yeah. uh, players for their franchises. So you're just going to be here wherever. But what if it's in Nashville or Tampa, as you mentioned earlier? Could be a possibility. I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out yet. Let's uh, leave that up for uh, debate. Okay, fair. I'm gonna like you know I don't know. Are you going uh, to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, I have a weird relationship with your sport, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. They're just like uh, I don't know if I'm like the most. When they see me uh, coming, they're just like, oh my gosh, this guy again. <laughs> I love it's, it. It's it's uh, well, thank you. I mean, you do. But it's, some some of your best work is with uh, Jonathan Taves. Oh yeah, it's. I always try to get him to laugh, and yeah. it's hard. Every once in a while, he does, but then my guy is so stoic. And then just to kind of like to mess with him, I just get like very like even closer because I know, and he's just like, "Yo, why are you getting so close, bro?" Like he's always, and then it's just like because I want to make sure you feel, and that it doesn't always go well. There are a couple of times where I had like this basketball player, this guy named Demarcus Cousins, who's like six ten or six eleven, big dude. Yeah, was not having it at all. He's like, bro, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just want to make sure I can hear your answers. He goes, I can, I'm t- I can hear you talking to me right here. But Taves, I can get like here you, you and hear, then yeah. Then he does it. What, what, you got a new uh, buddy though. What's Aaron Rodgers? Your new uh, new BFF? That's like, my what's guy. Going? Yeah. I'm, I'm rattled. Like <laughs> I used to be your best friend. Now it's like, listen, man. You I, and I thank you. I still owe you. I don't know how I can pay you back, Darcy. <laughs> but for for what you did for me what, at, at the beginning of my career, just allowing me to come bug you with questions like, what are you eating? And then, like, I don't know, you know, how cool is it to fight at your job? Like, just ridiculous questions. I, I don't even remember I, what they were. But I, told I'm sure you they were. Have to, I told you off to start. Uh, the, playing in Toronto can sometimes uh, be hectic and, um, you know, the same questions are coming uh, day after day. And then you get, like, this energy coming in the locker room and it makes you feel good. It helped me in my career as well. So. I appreciate you. I appreciate Okay, one more thing. So the Raptors were playing the uh, Washington Wizards. Yep. A couple of Wizards guys went to the... Watch the Leafs and yep. Bruins game, and uh, Sadoransky, this guy who plays in Washington, was like the the Air Canada Center was like a better vibe than the Verizon. I think it's the Verizon Center yep. in in Washington. And um, I was talking about uh, to to another guy about Alex Ovechkin, and if he was, I said to him, if he was an American, and everything's the same, his scoring prowess, all the thing, and his big personality, would hockey would hockey be in a better place because 
you know, your the the culture in your sports, like you guys, you have a great personality, but it's kind of like suppressed. Mm-hmm. And the the guys who have bigger personalities, it, they don't. I don't know if they're if the culture really embraces those larger than life personality types. Would you do you believe that if Ovechkin was an American, it would be better for your sport? As far as uh, marketability no. and like just the yeah. mainstream audience embracing, the I sport? actually don't. I think you don't? That, uh, no. I think that it, it takes every kind of personality, every kind of player, any, every kind of um, different sort of uh, skill set to make the National Hockey League what it is, and that's what makes our game great is the fact that you got all kinds of different players, personalities, guys that can just shoot, guys that can stick handle, guys that can skate like the wind. This is a guy that has an opportunity to score seven, eight. I don't know how many hundreds of goals. Uh, he's a star in our game. And it doesn't matter if he was born in Russia. You don't think so? Not at all. I, I he... think he's just a star in our game. And there's stars from. I grew up in the middle of Alberta in a town of 25 people. Who knew I'd be sitting here talking to you right now? So that's. <laughs> hey, it Definitely makes not it, you uh, in like 1989. It, it, like, it takes, <laughs> takes all kinds of personalities. And, and I enjoy the different personalities that go and come with the game. That's what makes our game so good is the fact that you have all those different personalities. Yeah, but Darcy, we don't get to see them, though. We don't get to meet them. Like, everybody's that, that's just your, like... Your job is to get this personality to come out. You're right. I'm yeah. trying. I'm boy, trying, I like, like it. And I, and I want to be in there. Yeah. Just, like, trying on different dudes' equipment and, and like... You I don't should. Know, just, I don't know. Some guy's equipment you don't want on. <laughs> no, you don't want that stuff. No, it's no good. I want to... You know what? What I might do is, like, like if... I don't know. You know how JVR, J- James Van Reems, like has that green. fluorescent green yeah. mouthpiece. He's always yeah. Yeah. him and Steph Curry. It's like it's never in their mouth. Even Patrick Kane, it's never actually in uh, their mouth. It's always no, we like, should we should put some Kellogg's Frosted Flakes in there, and then ooh. during the game you could like uh, chew on that instead. What do you think? I'm I'm down with that idea. Yeah, yeah me too. I don't know. At least try it in warm up. <laughs> oh my god, Babcock would be or like Lamorello up top with the laser beams would be like so pissed. Yeah, absolutely. He's such an old school dude. Uh well listen, uh this has been a pleasure speaking Appreciate with you. It. Um and it's awesome to see you in real yep. life. Uh and for those listening, um Darcy may be available for those who win this uh trip to the Stanley Cup finals, courtesy of Frosted Flakes. It's greatestbeards.ca, greatest three R's, great G R R R Just like Tony the Tiger says. Right, and I don't know the rest of the greatest, E-A-T-E-S-T. <laughs> you got her. Beards.ca. Um, so enter the contest, and uh, and if you don't, if he's not on the Stanley Cup uh, tour or the, the, the trip, then you may, for those who live in the GTA, see this man. That would be great. At uh, 40 Bay Street here in Toronto at the Air Canada Center. It's been a pleasure. Awesome, my friend. You. Great seeing you again. Thanks, man. Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Darcy Tucker. This was Cappy Presents, the podcast.